Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Episode 5 of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, and we have a great show for you today with my good friend, Ariel Epstein, who is the prop queen for FanDuel Sportsbook, as well as an on-air host for SportsGrid. You've probably seen her on MSG if you watch any Rangers or Knicks games. She's awesome, and she is a gambling expert, so we talked about every single playoff series. We broke them down. We picked our winners. We've got that, and we've got a lot more, so let's get into it. I first want to talk about the NHL being on ESPN. I know I've touched on it before, but last night I actually got a real experience as to why it's going to be such an advantage that the NHL is on ESPN and it's going to gain so much more popularity. I went to Top Golf. I was in Dallas this past week, and I went to Top Golf last night to just hang out with friends, you know, watch sports, shoot the shit, hang out. And every single TV in this Top Golf had ESPN on. What was playing on ESPN? The Padres versus the Cardinals, a meaningless baseball game in the month of May when the baseball playoffs don't start for another four or five months instead of the Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning game, which was probably one of the best hockey games I've watched in years. And it's crazy to me that everyone at this Top Golf, like there's hundreds of people there playing, was watching this baseball game. And and like, sure, they're not really paying full attention to it. They might have been. But if you just have hockey on ESPN, guess what? That Tampa Bay Florida game is going to be on all of those TVs. And even if you're not a hockey fan, I had like three or four friends last night text me about the Panthers lightning game and how entertaining it was. And they're not even hockey fans. And I was like, dude, this is the craziest game I've seen in years. Like this is the best hockey I've watched in so long. So entertaining, so physical, a lot, a lot of skill and some great, like Jonathan Huberto's goal and two assists were unreal plays. I mean, that is so much skill. So I think anyone who's not even a hockey fan that watched that game last night truly understands what playoff hockey is all about and can truly understand why people are fans of hockey. So just in general, when sports bars and places like Topgolf have that on the TV, people will just be attracted to it. Even if they're not even focused, if you see a fight out of the corner of your eye while you're hitting a golf ball, you're probably going to stop and watch. That's just how it works. And I, and I think that's why the NHL going on ESPN and TNT is just so big for the game because it's going to make – you know, not the not typical hockey fan, possibly into a hockey fan. And anyone who watched that game last night between the Panthers and Lightning probably has some sort of love for hockey now. That's just my opinion. I also want to dive into the David Quinn firing. I know I talked about it a little bit last episode, and I said that I'd be surprised if he was fired. I really thought the Rangers would give him one more year because he has done a great job with the young guys, and he understands the young guys. And he's also a big part of why Jack Eichel might want to come to the Rangers because Eichel did play so well for him at BU. But then again, I also do understand and I get how hockey works. When you bring in a GM like Chris Drury, Chris Drury has been around for years. But if he's running the show, he wants his own people to be there. It's his job now. Everyone is a reflection on him. So he's going to bring in the guys that he feels are right for the job. So I don't blame Chris Drury and the Rangers for firing David Quinn. I was a little bit surprised. But I think Chris Drury is the right man for the job. And I know we're going to talk about it a little more with Ariel Epstein. So I don't want to talk too much about it. But I do think Chris Drury will find the next best head coach for the New York Rangers. I'm hoping it's Gerard Gallant, but, you know, God knows who it's going to be. And now I want to dive into a question from a listener. The same guy as last week, Luke Lagrano, who asked such a phenomenal question last week, came at me with another good one this week. So this is what he said. The other day, the Rangers named six guys that were going to make the trip for the IIHF tournament this year. After the Kirby Doc injury that kept him out for a few months, do you still like that those guys are going to play? So the guys that Luke is referring to is Zach Jones, Kevin Rooney, and Colin Blackwell, who are representing the United States, Philip Hedo and Lieber Hayek, who are representing the Czech Republic, and then Adam Huska, who is representing Slovakia. And I love that these guys are going to play. I think the Kirby Doc thing is a complete different situation. Kirby Doc was playing in the World Juniors, which actually occurred like two weeks before the NHL season started. In this case, these guys are going overseas to play in a tournament after their season ended. They just want to keep playing hockey, and they have 
probably four or five months off to their next game. So I don't see a problem with it. Also, you know, as a player, from a player's perspective, whenever you're given the chance to represent your country, it's very hard to turn that down, no matter what the tournament is. I don't care if it's the, I mean, obviously it's, if it's the Olympics, you know, everyone would say yes, but in this case, even though it's not as popular of a, of a tournament, you're still going overseas and you're wearing USA on your chest. You're wearing Czech Republic on your chest. And you're wearing Slovakia on your chest. Like this is a proud thing for these guys to do. And, and this opportunity doesn't normally knock twice. You know, I mean, Zach Jones, Kevin Rooney, and Colin Blackwell might play for USA this year, but they might not be able to ever again in their career. So I think for them, it's a no-brainer. Um, Kirby Doc obviously, you know, had an unfortunate um, injury happen in the World Juniors. That could happen to anyone at any time. Um, I don't think the Blackhawks were mad that he played in the World Juniors. I mean, I know, yeah, sure, it, it cost him a little bit of a season, but he could have gotten hurt in the first game with the Blackhawks, second game with the Blackhawks. Injuries happen. It's a normal part of the game. But for these guys to go play overseas, I think it's awesome. And a guy like Adam Fox actually touched on it. Before Adam's NHL debut, after he finished Harvard, he went overseas to play for Team USA before ever playing pro. And he said it was a great adjustment to like meet the guys, see what it's like to be a pro. So I think for a guy like Zach Jones, who played a couple of NHL games, to really have a two, three-week trip with a bunch of NHL players is just going to help him feel more comfortable going into next year. So a guy like him, I think it's great. And, uh, you know, the other five guys, also a really cool opportunity that I don't think they should pass up. So I want to thank Luke again for sending in that question because I know it's an interesting topic. Nothing but success for those six guys representing the Rangers and representing their countries. I do want to go into the interview with Ariel Epstein. We talked a lot about the current playoff series that are happening and the betting odds on that. We talked about the betting odds for the next Rangers head coach. So stay tuned and enjoy this interview with my friend, Ariel. I am very excited to be joined by an on-air host for Sports Grid, as well as the prop queen for FanDuel Sportsbook. Welcome to the show, my dear friend, Ariel Epstein. Ariel, what's going on? What's up, Johnny? Thanks for having me on. So excited. It's my first time on this podcast, so hopefully we'll give you some winners. This is a new podcast. I've been doing it for a couple months, but I do trust your gambling opinion. As you know, I tweet at you all the time for your picks, and you never steer me wrong. So I think all the listeners should... What's up? No, no, it's true. But I think all the listeners right now should take notes on this interview because I promise Ariel will make you some money through the NHL playoffs. But I don't want to talk about gambling right away. I do want to just ask you about your hockey fandom, first of all, because I don't think we've talked hockey really before. So are you a Ranger fan? I don't fan. Who'd you grow up rooting for? I grew up looking and watching. I grew up watching the Rangers. The Rangers were the first hockey game I ever went to. In fact, the first game I went to was Rangers Sabres. I wasn't a big hockey fan at the beginning. It was an ex-boyfriend of mine that got me into hockey. He was a diehard Rangers fan. The game that we went to between the Rangers and Sabres, I was looking at the ticket. I said, oh, they're playing the Sabres? (laughs) That was my first memory of my hockey experience. I I never liked to not know sports when I felt absolutely mortified as like a freshman in high school, calling them the the Sabres. That made me think, okay, I need to start looking at hockey a little bit more because I sounded like an absolute idiot. I'm lucky and I'm happy that I started watching hockey more and paying attention because there's no better playoffs than the hockey playoffs, especially from a gambling perspective. You look at what happened with the Dallas Stars last year. This was a team that was 20 to one to win the Stanley Cup and Dallas ends up making the Stanley Cup. It's the only sport that you can go and bet a long shot and actually feel you have a chance. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to I actually did say last year that Dallas was my pick to win the West, but I also I'm, I'm dying at the Sabre Amazing. thing. You, you must have loved the episode of The Office and the Dunder Mifflin Sabre like that must have given you such a kick. No, it's so true. I thought about that when I saw that episode because it's just one of those things. I, I've loved sports my whole life. I didn't really grow up in a hockey family. My dad's from Maryland. When we started watching sports, we were watching football and baseball. Those were the only two teams that the Baltimore, that the city of Baltimore had. They had the Ravens, they have the Orioles. Don't even have an NBA team. So I didn't really grow up watching the NBA much either. When it comes to hockey, Baltimore doesn't have that also. That's why I've really been focused on football, baseball my whole life. Later on, I've started to realize just how much value you can find in the hockey markets. That's why I've been really zoning in on it, especially when it gets close to the playoffs. Well, actually, before our time, I will give you a little hockey knowledge. Baltimore did have an AHL team called the Baltimore Skipjacks, which our mutual friend Kenny Albert works for and was the the broadcaster for them. And I think Barry Trotz worked for them as well, the Islanders head coach. So that's kind of cool. 
Wow. I always love seeing where some of these coaches started. There were a lot of teams that were in Baltimore early on. There were in football, the Baltimore Colts, and they end up leaving. And you're telling me about the IHL. Mm-hmm. It, Baltimore has had stuff. It's just a matter of the present in my lifetime. And I just have not really had any kind of Baltimore rooting uh, to do in the hockey worlds down there. But here in New York, I've been able to shift my focus to New York teams and having the New York Rangers, which to me was the team we were born in. I was born in 1994. That was where the hype was, was around the New York Rangers. Then a little bit later on, when I went to high school, the Rangers started to get good again. Granted, the Devils were good at that time, too. Mm -hmm. But my my memory of the Rangers, my most annoying memory of the Rangers It was in college where the Rangers ended up making the Stanley Cup. I'm pretty sure that was the one against the Kings. I was so irritated because my dad ended up going, sitting behind the boards like three rows back, told me, you know, I would have invited you, but you have finals this week. (laughs) You you can't go. It was the worst feeling ever. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, that that series was uh, my senior year of high school, and the Rangers actually lost that game five of the Stanley Cup final on my prom night, so... Oh, kind of ruined the night. Yeah, everyone like looked at their phone, got the notification that Martinez scored and like everyone's on the coach bus. Like, I mean, I at the time I was like a diehard. So I was like, you know, I was like kind of crying, <laughs> you know, which like thinking back, it's like funny to think that, you know, your favorite team's loss can like really affect you emotionally. Like now it's like, all right, they lose, but it doesn't like ruin my day, you know? That's good. I'm glad that you're growing as an adult, Johnny. That's very (laughs) promising. Your parents, I'm sure, are very proud that you're living and dying on the Rangers is coming to an end. But you still, you know, fandom is an amazing thing. Watching teams that you love, the feeling that you get, at least the Rangers kind of pulled the Band-Aid off on you this year. You just ripped it off. They said, let's move on to next year. We're going to fire our coach. We're going to find someone new. The Rangers are going to have to hope that something such as the team they play with at Madison Square Garden had this year with the New York Knicks getting Mm -hmm. uh, getting Thibodeau and hoping that there's a turnaround with a young team, promising talent, just getting the right coach in the right place. Well, speaking of the next head coach, I have joked around with my friend saying I wish Tibbs could coach the Rangers too because he's done an unreal job with the Knicks. But who do you think is going to be the next head coach of the Rangers? I know you know some of the betting odds, so who is your favorite and who is the favorite right now? The market probably has it right. Gerard Gallant at plus 250 has the best odds to go to the Rangers He had the revival of the Panthers, led the Vegas Golden Knights in their first season ever to a Stanley Cup final. I believe that his up-tempo, puck pursuit, pressure hockey is going to help this Rangers team. The question becomes, is there any kind of ties that the Rangers front office has to anyone else on a more of a friendship and an emotional level? John Tortorella keeps popping up. He has the fourth best odds at seven to one to go back to the Rangers, a team that let him go about eight years ago. I loved what Tortorella did when he was with the Rangers. I know a lot of people don't. It's just maybe a little bit of a um, nostalgic moment for me because that was when I really started to pay attention to hockey. There's a huge difference in the team from then to now. You had more experienced players back then. He had Ryan Callahan, Mark Stahl, Ryan McDonough, Henrik Lundqvist. Now he has a whole young team of players that they're just trying to figure out the pieces to the puzzle. Who fits where? How do we develop this talent? Tortorella is more going to take the team down to build them back up again. The Rangers don't need that. The Rangers have been teared down. Let's bring them up. Let's keep a coach that's going to bring this team to the point that they are going to be successful. They don't need to be teared down anymore. Another name that popped up, Hartford coach uh, Chris Knobloch at 10 to one. Those are really long odds. This was the coach that filled in for the Rangers when the coaching staff for New York got COVID this year. Eight coaches were on the bench. There was a six game stretch through 11 days where the Rangers were without their entire staff and Knobloch filled in and the Rangers went four and two under him. It also looked as if the Rangers enjoyed playing for Knobloch. Mm -hmm. I'm always curious when there's this change in the wave in hockey because You see a coach such as Mike Babcock, the former Maple Leafs coach, who's there at 12 to one on the odds to go to the Rangers. The problem is the NHL saw the bad optics that Babcock had. It was racist comments, abuse towards his players. Is the NHL turning over a new leaf where they're going to try to have more coaches that lift up their players instead of tear them down? That's the question that the New York Rangers have to ask themselves. Yeah, it's honestly a great point too. And um, as a player, former player, 
I know I would play better under a coach that would build me up as opposed to break me down. I mean, I've had both. And it's funny that you say Tortorella because I do love Tortorella. Like, I love his personality. I think the NHL needs it. But I would hate it if he was the head coach of the Rangers. I would just, like, as a younger guy, I know that I need my confidence uplifted as opposed to getting benched if I make a mistake on a shift and I only see six minutes. Like, you see a quote from Patrick Laine, I think, this past week saying that this was, like, the worst year of hockey of his life. And that kind of just makes you feel like, why would anyone want Torch to coach their team? Although he has shown success. I look success. at hockey almost as if I see the gymnastics world because I was a gymnast. I mm-hmm. understand where there's a love for the sport and then there's coaches that lift you up and there were abusive coaches that put you down. I was part of the change where I didn't really have any bad experience with a coach. My aunt, my mom, they had abusive coaches. The hockey world is transitioning over. You're part of that transition now, too, in hockey, whereas a co-host of mine, Gabe Morenzi, used to play hockey in Canada. A lot of his coaches, he said, were just a nightmare. They were the worst. They had no filter. They were mean to you. He always and he's a huge hockey fan, Gabe, and he's been around the sport for he's in his I mean, he's close to 50. He's been in the sport for 30, 40 years. Gabe always talks crap about hockey and all the behind the scenes and how this league is just so behind when it comes to just being a good person nowadays. No, yeah, I mean, I will stand up for hockey players. There are definitely some good people in the game, but it is shifting and there has I'm been... I'm talking more coaches, not players. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I meant coaches as well, but I, I yeah. know, um, you know, coaches obviously always just want the best out of their players and some people have a different way to go about it. Um, there obviously are guys that have been a little bit extreme in the past. And I, it's funny, I do like talk to older, you know, guys who play in the NHL, older guys that coached, and a lot of them do agree that there does need to be a culture shift, but this wasn't things that were talked about when they were playing. You just had to like shut up and play in a sense. Like, you know, I, I kind of grew up, you know, being taught to like hide, hide your pain, hide your weakness and always just play through everything. And you don't see that happening in today's NHL. It's like people are speaking up about, you know, like Tuka Rask last year, you know, granted, it's a family thing, but he wanted to leave and not play. And, and that was a thing that you could do in today's NHL era where, like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I'm sure the starting goaltender for the Boston Bruins in the playoffs probably wouldn't have said anything and just sucked it up and played. But that's just not the world we live in today, you know? Exactly. That's why the Rangers, who have such a young team, I believe the Rangers are going to need a coach that's going to lift this team up. Who's going to be the Who's going to be the one to get the best out of a bunch of unproven players? I'm not saying they're all unproven, but there mm-hmm. are a lot of young players that are still unproven on this team. That's why I could see Gallant at plus 250. I know it's the shortest odds on the board. I could see Gallant being that favorite because he did that with Vegas. Vegas was in their first year. It was a bunch of players that were the leftovers from every team because that's how they started this new organization. A bunch of players that had something to prove, a chip on their shoulder. He led them to a Stanley Cup finals in one year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's even crazier than Tom Brady leading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in his first year on a new team to the Super Bowl. This is a new team with a new coach. I don't know. Tom that. Brady is pretty impressive. It He is, and I'm not saying he's not. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that for – you had Tom Brady, who was a quarter. A, he's already a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he's in the NFL with a Hall of Fame head coach, potentially in Bruce Arians. You're talking about a team that never existed before with a bunch of players who's never played together before in the Vegas Golden Knights in a new arena in the league that everyone else has played together before except them. Not even one play. I mean, this is a completely new team, and he led them to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's why I could see Gallant being the kind of coach to lift players up, take what he's got, and make them work together well. So is that who you want to see coach the Rangers next year? I think so. I think that he's – they've sold me on him based on just everything I've read. Typical New York coach that he has no interest in pleasing the media, no interest in talking to the media or giving them what they want to hear. He's going to be a player's coach. He's not going to feed into the New York spotlight. I think that's perfect for the Rangers to just have someone to put their head in the book, get this team to be successful and get the best out of all of their players. No, I completely agree. And and I hope that Gerard Gallant's also named the next head coach. But I also think the way he got fired, too, with Vegas was kind of a shock to everyone as well. So it's it's kind of surprising that he's still around looking for a job. I thought he'd be hired, like, literally within a week after being fired. But, um, no, I think he's the perfect fit for this team. And and like you said, it's a, a new, pretty much a new team. This is their first year playing together. And they played together in a season where they couldn't even, like, hang out outside the rink. So that's also another thing that, um you know, was a factor into their success this season. But – 
I also want to talk about someone that you told me prior to recording. You told me you're a huge fan of Capo Kakanen, the Minnesota Wild goalie. I need to know why, because I find that so random and so hilarious that you are a big fan of his. It's more on a selfish level because I host my show the morning after on Sports Grid. When I was when I saw his name pop up for the first time, I did not want to even try to pronounce his <laughs> name. It scared me to say it because if I said it the wrong way, it would have sounded bad. I just didn't even want to say it. I said Capo the Wild goalie, especially <laughs> because he started he was so strong when he first came out. He was playing unbelievable hockey and he was great in that. I just we said his name every day. I didn't want to say his last name. So I just coined him Capo the Wild goalie. That's why I love him. But the mm. irony is that they're playing the Vegas Golden Knights, who I have a plus 850 Stanley Cup ticket on. I'm not going to love Capo this week. Mm -hmm. I just I do like his name. Did you place that bet before the season started or just now as the playoffs are starting? Oh, no, 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 not now. This was, hmm, I think this was when Colorado went on their COVID scare and they didn't play for a while and Vegas didn't move off the number. Colorado stayed favored to win the Stanley Cup for a really long time. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a misprice because if, they, if Vegas kept winning, Vegas kept being booked as a minus 200 favorite on the money line for every game they were playing. In addition to Colorado not playing any games, curious how Colorado would have bounced back off the COVID scare. Vegas, to me, was the team that I liked from the preseason. Then it got to the point where I just figured we're not getting a better number than plus 850. I liked Vegas, too, because I just thought last year they got knocked out at a point kind of similar to Tampa Bay. I got very similar Tampa Bay lightning vibes from Vegas this year, whereas Tampa Bay got knocked out of the first round a couple of years ago, come back, win the Stanley cup the next year, Vegas losing to Dallas last year was a shock to me. I know you said that Dallas would come out of the West. I thought Vegas was the best team in hockey last year. Mm -hmm. They end up falling short redemption year this year is why I liked Vegas. I mean, it's not a bad pick. I think Vegas is unbelievable. And I actually, I, I have this year's matchup being Vegas versus Boston. Although I am rooting for Florida. I'm feeling good. I'm rooting I'm feeling for Florida. Good then. You picked Dallas last year. I'll feel good about Vegas this mm -hmm. year. No, yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's hard to say like their time has come because it's like their fourth year in the league, but they've been dominant every year. Like it, it's, it's insane. Like it's their, their worst season in franchise history was like losing in the first round in game seven. You know, it's funny to think about because they've only been around for so recently, but that, that also... You know, that game seven, they're up 3 nothing in the third period. A questionable call leads to a five-minute major. San Jose scores four goals and they end up losing in overtime. Everyone knows that game. But um, I, speaking of the, the Golden Knights and the Wild, I do want to break down each series, talk about the betting odds, talk about your picks, maybe give my picks, and just go series by series to see who we think will come out of each round, each series. And hopefully we're right because I do tend to, you know, I mean, like, it's not the best luck when I pick a team sometimes besides Dallas last year. But, um, yeah, let's let's start with Wild Golden Knights. Who do you got coming out? What are the odds? The odds are indicating that Vegas is going to win this series. Vegas currently at minus 230, Minnesota plus 182. Minnesota is actually 5-3 and three this year against Vegas. They play them very strong. This was one of my favorite divisions to watch all year. It's unfortunate it's on the West Coast. However, I felt Vegas, Minnesota, Colorado – it was just neck and neck all year. Even Minnesota just hanging in there at that three spot, despite Vegas and Colorado being the top three in the odds to win the Stanley Cup all year. Minnesota hung in there with both those teams, especially Vegas. My issue is that Vegas at minus 230 has no value. Minnesota, I'm not going to go and bet them because I have a futures ticket on Vegas. I want Vegas to win. That being said, there are some really cool options on the FanDuel Sportsbook where you can bet this double. Uh, it's like a, I'm trying to think of what it's called, but it's basically you bet on the team to win game one and a team to win the series in one bet. You can get Vegas at minus 105 to win game one and the series, which gets you down from minus 230. You'd assume that if Vegas is going to win the series, you'd hope they get off to the right start and win game one. That's actually, that's a great bet. I, I, I would love to do that. Can, can you place that for me? <laughs> I have to go to Jersey. Yeah, no. I'm in New I, I'm, York currently, but I we, I told you, open up a FanDuel Sportsbook account. Mm -hmm. You can do it. And you just got to find a friend in Jersey. That's have it. them place the bet for me? Exactly. All right, well, there's any Ranger fans listening in Jersey right now, please uh, you know DM me or something, and I'll demo you the money to place the bet. So we'll get something going. Um, so you like Vegas coming out of that series. How many games? 
Ooh, how many games is rough? Um, I could see it going to six, which would be two to one right now on FanDuel. I think Minnesota could give them a fight. I don't see it going to seven. I hope it doesn't go to seven. I'll freak out. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that record that I mentioned before of Minnesota going five and three this year against the Vegas Golden Knights, I could see it going to six. But if you want even more value, five games is plus 240. I'm going to agree with you in six. I think Minnesota can sneak out two wins. I love watching Kirill mm-hmm. Kaprizov. He's been unreal, and he scored a lot of goals against Vegas. Um, so I think hopefully he'll perform pretty well, and your boy Capo, the wild goalie, can can shut the door for two games. So I do think Vegas in six. Um, let's move on to St. Louis and Colorado. I know you watched a lot of Colorado this year. You said the President's Trophy winners. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing for them, though, because I don't remember the last President's Trophy team that won the Stanley Cup. Do you know that's the, you the know? curse. Is I forget yeah. too. It's it hasn't been as long as I thought it has, but it hasn't been as many teams either. Mm-hmm. It's one in the last. I mean, it's definitely one in the last like 10, 15 years. I'd have to double check. Um, I, it's something I should look up and I've meant to and I keep forgetting to do it, but not many. It's definitely a curse to win the president's trophy. Saw it with the Tampa Bay Lightning a couple of years ago, won the president's trophy, knocked out in the first round. Mm-hmm. Injuries played a factor there. Colorado injuries uh not so much and i would say that colorado is going to win this series but the problem is that it's at minus 330. yeah you could go back to those series doubles where you get colorado and this one's too juiced i think minus 130 for colorado to win the first game and win this series but you can go and bet some of these um futures bets such as series total games you can get the correct score of the series if you want you can get colorado at winning four out of uh you get them winning in five so four to one plus 290 i could see colorado winning this one maybe st louis squeezes out one it's very hard to sweep in the nhl but i would say that you can get colorado plus 290 which is essentially getting them um in a money line parlay throughout the course of the series so i would say um colorado at four to one in the series bet plus 290 would be the way i'd play it well, we are on the same page because I like Colorado in five also. Yeah, we're on the same page here. Um, I do think St. Louis can sweep one out, but I mean, Colorado's offense is just is just too much. Like, they're so good. But their goaltending, is, I think, is the biggest question mark. I know they got, um, I think, Dubnik's in that. But yeah, I mean, their offense is just too much to handle. Um, so let's go into Bruins Capitals. This should, be a re- this should be a really good series, if not one of the best ones in the first round. This one scares me. The people, this is, you know, it's scary because as I told you, I have a ton of people who I confide in for hockey picks. I have two people that are very well rounded in hockey, which is Mike Carver, Carver High, who's on Sports Grid, and Pete Jensen from NHL.com. Both of them have been extremely helpful to me in figuring out where to find value. The Capitals have the pedigree, they've been in the playoffs, they've won the Stanley Cup in the last four years you would think playoff experience would prevail, except Boston's been one of the hottest teams in hockey in the last half of the season. You look to the Bruins who finished the season off strong. The Caps complete opposite. Ovi and Oshi have been hurt in and out of the lineup, which scares me for the Capitals in the playoffs because you don't have Ovechkin or a healthy Ovechkin. That's the reason this team won the Stanley Cup. And I just don't trust the goaltending in the Capitals. Mm-hmm. As much as I would want to take the plus 110 on a team that's experienced, I'm going to go with the hotter team. Boston's only minus 138. If you want to place a series bet, Boston at minus 138 would be my play. And the thing that stood out that's fishy to me, the Capitals have home ice advantage and they're the dog in this series. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. But I always say too, when it comes to, when it comes to betting, gotta love the home dogs. Gotta it has the value. There's value. I have I have a dog that I do like in a series that's not this one, but very similar here in the same division. Okay, well, what's your pick? You like Bruins in how many games? Ooh, Bruins in six plus one ninety five. <laughs> that's that's what I got. Also, <laughs> we're literally on. You're par. making me feel good. Yeah, here. No, 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 we're on par. We're on par. This one could be tricky though, because I've heard a lot of. Uh, you know, mixed sides on the Islanders, Penguins. Obviously, I do talk to a lot of Islander fans, though, so everyone's a little biased when it comes to betting the Islanders over the Penguins. But what do you think? Because I know the Penguins, also a team with a ton of experience, a very good team, the best team in the division this year. They're very hot right now. Do you think the Penguins win this series, or can the Islanders take it? There's good value on the Islanders. My friend Carver, who I mentioned before, is a diehard Islanders fan. What he does well is he can figure out the difference between being a fan and being a better. If the Islanders are in a bad spot, Carver tells me this is a bad spot for New York. 
Carver likes the Islanders in this series at plus 114. I'm going to ride his dog pick for his own team because you're getting good value on an Islanders team that's played the playoffs very well. Look at what they did in the bubble last year. One of the most profitable teams to bet on as a dog. The Penguins, on the other hand, I mean, I think that they are at a disadvantage because I think Varlamov has the advantage for the Islanders. Uh, And... 156 um, for the series for the Islanders. And oh, this is what Carver brought up. This is why I took notes on what he was talking about. So it's minus 156 for or minus 142 now for the Penguins to win the series. But if you look at the first game, the Islanders are a very short dog. It doesn't make sense that for a Penguins team that's around minus 150, yet the Islanders in the game are such a short dog. It's just showing you that the book is not feeling so strongly on their play about the Penguins, but they're booking them at pretty long odds to win or excuse me, pretty um, heavy odds to be the favorite. And that's what scares me off of the Penguins, similar to what I said about the Bruins and the Caps, where the Caps are the home team. They have the home ice advantage and they're a dog, which is fishy. So Pittsburgh and New York with Pittsburgh being less of a favorite game by game. It just seems a little strange to me. So you like the Islanders in how many games? Let's see if we're on par again, because I also like the Islanders. Oof, you like them too? Maybe this mm-hmm. one goes seven. I was thinking the same thing. Stop. I swear, because I also, uh, I think it was 2019, the Islanders played the Penguins when the Islanders swept them in the first round. And I was like, the Islanders don't have a chance. Penguins are going to knock like literally five games. Penguins are going to sweep them, whatever. Maybe they'll get one game. And I looked like an idiot because the Islanders ended up sweeping. So I just don't want to go against the Islanders again this time, especially now, like you said, in the bubble last year, all, all the success that they had. It's tough to bet against Crosby, Malkin, and Jake Gensel now who's become a playoff performer. But you got to go with coaching. you got to go with experience with Barry Trotz. Um, mm-hmm. So I like the Islanders, and I'm also going to go Islanders in seven. Yeah, you could bet these two. Islanders in seven is five to one. Once again, if there is a friend in Jersey listening, DM me. Um, so now let's go into the series that I think everyone is anticipating the most is going to be the best series of the first round, the Battle of Florida, first time ever, Panthers-Lightning. I actually want to give my prediction first, just so people don't think I'm copying you because you're the gambling expert. I do like the Panthers to come out of this series. The Panthers have dominated the Lightning in the last couple games that they played against each other. Uh, Tampa Tampa obviously has the experience like we've talked about a couple times in these series before. They won the Stanley Cup last year. It's so hard to repeat in the NHL. I don't know if they can do it. I know Kucherov and Stamkos have not been the healthiest. I like the Panthers, and I hope they win. So I'm rooting for Florida. That's that's the team I'm rooting for throughout the entire playoffs. I would love to see the Florida Panthers win. So now that people know I'm not copying you, are you copying me in this one? I have no issue with anyone wanting to take Florida plus 120. What I think you could do to get more value, we call this a um, – you just take all the money lines and – you let's just say you take Florida and know that they're going to be a dog in most of the games in the series. You just bet the Florida money line for every game and you'll probably be more profitable than just betting one straight up plus 120 on the series. That's what my approach would potentially be because to me it's very tough. We've we've seen Tampa get knocked out in the first round before. You've also not only is it hard to repeat in the NHL it's the shortest offseason these teams have ever had. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay had to go four rounds in the playoffs, take only two months off, and now they have to do it again, get all the way back there. That's where I see Tampa Bay struggling and getting knocked out earlier than maybe the odds could indicate. That's a great point, honestly. Uh, so you like the Panthers also in how, in how many games? It's hard for me to take a side here. I wouldn't bet it myself because I just feel this is going to be a very, very tough series. I would take those Florida bets and just part, just keep betting Florida on the money line throughout the course of the series, seeing if you can get some good value there as Florida as a dog, because they'll probably be anywhere from plus 110 to plus 120 on any given night against Tampa Bay, if not more. That's why I think you could get more value on Florida as a dog on a nightly basis instead of just betting it straight up in the series. As for the total games, I guess my safe bet here is six. I'm just not mm-hmm. 100% sure. Um, this one, it's a very, I don't really have a good read on this series. You mentioned it before those it's the interstate Florida game, two teams that have been neck and neck all season when it comes to the points in the division. I just, it's very hard for me to have a read. So I would say, just take the dog on those game by game bets. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going Florida and six as well. Um, okay. 
And I think what's cool about this series too is that Florida has allowed uh, the most capacity for fans. So I think this will be like the most playoff atmosphere kind of series that we'll see. And especially with the brawls that they've had in the last couple of games too. There's a lot of animosity going into the series. So it'll be fun to watch. I love that. Give me and, the fights. Yeah, give me the fights. Exactly. And diving into the next one, I have a feeling we're going to agree on the next three series also. But Nashville Predators, Carolina Hurricanes, I don't see anyone thinking that Nashville is going to win the series. Carolina has been too good the last couple of years. I think Carolina comes out of the series in five. What do you think? Mm. This was one that I I saw Carolina winning this series, but then you look to the odds and it's minus 245 for Carolina to win. Now you have to find some value elsewhere. My co-host, Jared Smith, he found that double-double thing where you go and you bet Carolina to win the first game and win the series. That one's at minus or plus, let me see where it is. Yeah, minus 105 for Carolina to win the first game and win the series. Then you can also go if you think, and you said in five, which five games is plus 240, Carolina to win it in five is plus 350. My friend Carver High believes that he could see a Carolina sweep. In fact, he says this is the only series that he could see Carolina sweeping Nashville. He feels everyone else is going to get at least one win as a dog or one win um, if he feels they'll lose the series. But Nashville is the one team that Carver says, I could see them losing all four right in a row to Carolina. Carolina to win the series for nothing plus 650 on FanDuel. I like it. I like it. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really have much more to say about, about that series, although I will give a shout out to our, our friend, Sarah Savian. I think your friend is Sarah, right? Yeah, I know Sarah. Yeah, she's awesome. So she I'm excited. Got, she to, caught fire at the right time with the right team. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to, to follow her tweets along the playoffs. Um, but let's go into the Winnipeg Jets and the Edmonton Oilers. I'll let you start this one. Predictions. So the Jets finished the season on a downward spiral. As for Edmonton, you have some of the best players in the league on the team, including Connor McDavid. You're getting that minus 184 is the McDavid price. That's what you're paying up for for one of the best players in hockey. That's what makes it tough to bet Edmonton because you know that the lines are oversaturated. Winnipeg at plus 150 is really good value on a dog. I would say I lean Winnipeg from a betting perspective. Really? Plus 150, pretty good value. Or Yeah, I mean, I just think that from a betting perspective, and you look to Edmonton last year losing to Chicago early on in the season, mm-hmm. Winnipeg at plus 150 I think is really good value. I agree. I, I just don't think they've looked very good lately. I, I yeah. I, mean, I, I get you're going end. from the the gambling perspective, but the value. But I just I just don't see them winning the series. I like the Oilers again in six games. I think six is just like you said, it's the safest way to go. Six games. Yeah. Well, you could get the Edmonton Oilers, and if you want value, and here's the thing too, what I would do, and speaking of value, and I think Edmonton from if you said to me straight up, no money, don't worry about it. What is it? Edmonton would be my play too. And with that said, you can go and find the correct score. Edmonton in six is plus 370. Edmonton in five plus 430. Edmonton in seven plus 440. You can find that value and you're spot on because the lowest odds there are Edmonton to win in six plus 370. Mm -hmm. That's where you can find your value then. Yeah, I like I like those odds. I'll take those odds any day of the week. Give me Edmonton six. <laughs> um, yeah. So from a straight up gambling perspective, mm-hmm. if I had to say that from a Yanni the Greek is one of my favorite handicappers out in Las Vegas. He always says he tries to bet the right number. If he feels that a number is overpricing another team, for example, like I mentioned with Edmonton, where they have one of the best players in hockey. You're getting way too much. It's way too much juice solely for that reason. People are going to say, oh, they have one of the best players in hockey. Let me bet Edmonton. Minus 184, it's just too much juice to lay. But I agree with you that the correct score bet at maybe 4-2 and two for Edmonton to win at plus 370 or at plus 430, uh, if it's in 7 or in 5, then go and do that depending on how many games you feel the series will go. Mm-hmm. So what's your prediction? Games? How many games? Ooh, this one's tough. Um... I'll, I'll go with you at six. It's the best like odds it. on the board. That's what the odds makers are telling us. And I could see Winnipeg surprising us. I would think Edmonton wins the first game just because Winnipeg hasn't been playing so well towards the end of the season. Sometimes it's hard to pick things back up right away. We might see Winnipeg need an extra game or two to just get back into the rhythm. So many teams in hockey that's, what's been so tough about the last month of the season, especially the last couple of weeks 
you know that some teams just gave up and said, let's just prepare for the playoffs. Let's get healthier. Winnipeg's one of those teams that I feel did that. Just let's get ready for the playoffs. Let's get healthy in time for the games that actually matter. We know that we're in. Mm-hmm. And and let's go into the final series of the first round. Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs. Who do you like? The Leafs got to be heavily favored in this, no? Too much. Minus yeah. 290 for the Leafs to win over the Canadians at plus 225. This one's tough because it's the Battle of Canada. How much are these two teams, two teams that Canadians have been waiting to see play each other in the playoffs for years, how much is that playing a factor in this series? I think Montreal can keep up. I would say maybe if you want it to go to six with Toronto winning, plus 330 is a good play. Um, So that would probably be where I would lean is the plus 330. And it's interesting because Toronto to beat Uh, Toronto to beat Montreal in five and in six has the same odds at plus 330. I think five. I think I think five. That's what I'm going with for the series. Yeah. And you can you also can get pretty good value on any of the games, which to me, this one, what the difference to me is if you're on a series where you feel that it could go both ways, then bet the series total games. If you are on a side where you believe that the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win this series, you're just trying to find value because minus 290 is too much, then go and bet the total number of games and Toronto to win in that many games, and you get even more value there than you would on just betting the games. But to me, there are certain series that people are going to be iffy about. You're going to be able to get value just by saying, hey, I think the series is going five, six games. So which series are you most excited for now that we've talked about them all? Selfishly, I'm excited about Vegas and Minnesota. Mm -hmm. This is just a series that I've been waiting for. I want to see how Vegas gets into playoff mode because, as I mentioned, below 500 against this wild team. Vegas was my favorite to win the division. That's not how it worked out. Colorado ends up winning. However, I'm excited to see if Vegas can click playoff mode on, say what you saw in the regular season is not what we really are. We're going to own you. And that's what Vegas has to do. And to me... I've never the the crazy part about the way that this playoff structure is we've seen all these teams go head to head so many times this year when it gets to the final four we're finally going to see matchups we've never seen before I want Vegas to prevail because I feel they have the best shot seeing teams for the first time in that final four than a team such as Minnesota who's going up against teams that they already know. And as they say in gambling the house always wins and the house is Vegas so Vegas True. Vegas I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, Vegas should come out. But we talked about these playoff series, so I do want to ask you your favorite NHL playoff memory. I know you've seen a couple with the Rangers, but what sticks out to you the most? Ooh, my favorite memory. I mean, it probably has to be when the game. My memory that stands out to me the most is probably the one where I was supposed to go to the game and mm-hmm. it didn't work out because I had finals. Um, but my dad's seats were pretty cool. Unfortunately, I've never been to a hockey playoff game. No way. So from yeah, I've never been to one because it just always fell at the wrong time of year. It was just always in school during finals or um, I was not home. It was just always bad timing. So I've never actually been to a hockey playoff game, but it's something that I really really want to do yeah i mean i i think there's nothing better i mean i guess like maybe you know soccer in europe but yeah and i did i did really love what and i know a lot of rangers fans might hate me for this i really loved watching the capitals win the stanley cup a few years ago i just thought it was great for the sport ovechkin comes over leads the team the way that everyone thought he would to a stanley cup that finally broke a curse in addition to it falling in the time where everyone was breaking curses in sports. It was right around the Cubs winning the world series. Mm -hmm. Also, then you have the capitals. It was just a really cool few years of these curses being broken of such long stints of not winning. No, I completely agree. And I I think most Ranger fans would agree with that as well. I mean, Ovechkin drinking out of the trophy. I mean, it was the craziest thing. Dude, Ovechkin swimming in the fountain in in Washington, D.C. Like, I don't think any team in NHL history has partied better than the Capitals did in 2018. No, for sure. Unless you're Tom Brady and getting drunk off the boat. Maybe that was a pretty funny video. But that's only because it's Tom Brady and no one expects him to be like that. Whereas Ovechkin, you expect him to be like that. I mean, those guys were literally like in the streets of D.C., like bringing the cup everywhere like wasted for like two weeks straight that was the funniest shit ever. I, I don't know how Ovechkin didn't break the cup 
<laughs> I really don't. I thought for sure he was going to drop it somewhere. He was going to, I mean, I, first of all, I would not want to touch that Stanley cup trophy after Ovechkin had it. No nope. way. I don't nope. know where that thing's been. I don't know what was on his mouth. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. But I do want to uh, touch on one thing before we wrap up your favorite Ranger growing up and your favorite Ranger now to watch. Oh, Henrik Lundqvist for sure is my favorite Ranger. I actually have a story that he would never know about, but I was actually at the Twilight premiere. My uncle used to work for Bacardi. Bacardi sponsored the Twilight premiere. Mm -hmm. We sat down in our seats and I look behind me and it says reserved for Lundqvist family. I was like, no oh shit. my gosh, no. I, I was thinking to myself, who is there anyone else in the world named Lundqvist? Because I don't know anyone else. I look behind me and there's Henrik Lundqvist sitting there in this gorgeous suit. I was dying. I just, I didn't even watch the movie. I just kept turning around saying, <laughs> is this real life? Is this really the, like, and that was also, you get so used to seeing these players in these huge pads and uniforms. Lundquist is this lean, skinny mm -hmm. guy. Super slim, he does yeah. Super slim. He looks like a model. It's just, he's not the stereotypical hockey looking player. He, and he has his teeth. Johnny like yeah. you know he has his teeth he has a nice smile he looks he looked great in person I was so starstruck by Henrik Lundqvist and he was the nicest guy everyone that came up to talk to him he was nice he I just I really when I meet athletes in a setting like that and they're really nice people it mm -hmm. just makes me respect them even more even though I already respected him and wish that the Rangers could have gotten him a Stanley Cup but he's definitely my favorite player of all time for the Rangers he is the most handsome man on the planet yeah easily he's up, he's up there and he's, I he's... I, <laughs> I do feel horrible that like he didn't get the you know the ovation he deserved from from Ranger fans like you know we all I think dreamed of a way like like Mariano Rivera with the Yankees yep. like, the way he went out like I think you know, Jeter having like the, the walk off in his last hit. Um, I know you're a big Yankee fan, so that's why I use those mm -hmm. analogies. But I think a lot of Ranger fans kind of had that, um, you know, image of, of Henrik retiring as a Ranger. So it is unfortunate that he couldn't do that. But obviously, you know, hopefully he can continue playing with his, um, you know, heart stuff. But Heart condition, yeah. Very cool story, though. I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to, to not look at him if I saw him in person. It, that's exactly it, especially it was horrible i was sitting in front of him it was so obvious that i was probably looking behind me the whole time but whatever <laughs> yeah uh so then last thing just a, a final thought to wrap it up i know we talked about a lot of the drama that's happened in the rangers organization in the last week do you want them to sign jack eichel in the offseason are there any players you want to see in a new york rangers uniform what are your expectations for the offseason and going into next season do you think they'll make the playoffs I think they'll make the playoffs. The Rangers, they they had to deal with a lot of things too in the during the season. Artemi Panarin and that whole situation when, when, that happened abroad where he couldn't where he missed some time and there was a lot of controversy around that, what was true, what wasn't true, in addition to the Rangers clearly not agreeing with what was going on with the coaching staff. If they get the right coach in place, I believe this team has the talent to make it the problem two years ago or last year in the bubble, especially for the Rangers was they were so young. I thought maybe the break in between would help, but it's very tough for a young team to go a full season and be successful. You have to get veteran leadership on the team and they've been doing a decent job of it with getting someone like a Panarin in and having some of this young talent, but talent that's been proven already. Um, I think the Rangers could probably go for one more big name. I wouldn't be opposed to the Rangers going for another big name just because they have such young talent on their team, especially when it comes to the goaltending. But I think the Rangers will make the playoffs next year. I'd be willing to place a bet on the Rangers to make the playoffs as long as I agree with the head coach that's coming in. Yeah, I love that. And, and funny you mentioned the bubble. I actually I, I had dinner with a couple of friends and, and Adam Fox was one of them. He was there and we were talking about the bubble. And like, you know, one of the guys we were with asked him about the bubble. He goes, dude, I was only there for like five days. I don't even know. Yeah. Like, you know, like he just said, like, they're like, how brutal was the bubble? Like, you know, were you, did you miss home? Like, how bad was it? He goes, I was like, we were barely there, <laughs> you know? Well, it's funny. You would appreciate this last year. So on my show, we always do this, this poll called fade the public, where we get the public perception and we see if we want to fade their answer. Last year, we said, would hockey be the sport that the players would be willing to get COVID for, for a Stanley cup? 100%. And everyone said yes. Mm -hmm. Everyone. See, the NBA, the answer is clearly no. Baseball, mm -hmm. I think it would be a little bit more 50-50. The NHL, 
Oh my gosh. It was like 85, 90% of the public said, yes, hockey players would be willing to get COVID play the season, no matter what was happening last year in 2020, they just want a cup and they, and that's why to me, hockey is such a great sport. Yeah. They'll do whatever it takes to win. And uh, I I appreciate you coming on. This is awesome. Always a blast to talk to you. I do want to give you a chance to, you know, shout out the morning after till bets do us part. Where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? Ariel Epstein on Twitter, Ari Epst on Instagram, A-R-I-E-P-S-T. We have our show on Sports Grid the morning after from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. on the East Coast, Sirius XM, Channel 204, MSG Plus to the New York audience. You can watch on MSG Plus from 9.30 to 11. They only take about half of the show. Then we're on a ton of streaming services such as Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Sling, etc. And if you're also a Knicks fan, you might see her on TV in between uh, the quarters and commercials and going to overtime, right? Overtime is when you come on? Overtime on MSG, even mm. though the regular season's going to be over soon, but overtime in MSG, in addition to our segment Inside the Lines, which was before every Knicks game night, it was five minutes before Knicks game night, where we do a five-minute preview of the NBA night ahead from a gambling perspective. Mm-hmm. So if any of you aren't familiar with Ariel, follow her. She's awesome, and I'm so happy you joined me. Thank you so much. You're the best. Appreciate it. Thank you. I want to thank my good friend Ariel Epstein once again for joining the show. I thought that was some really cool insight into the betting world. I do like to sports bet every now and then. I actually did have a bet on the Florida Panthers last night, which was a heartbreaker. But, I mean, the emotional investment that was for that game, I'll take it any day of the week. That game was so much fun to watch. That actually is a series that I'm anticipating to be the best. I mean, I'm sure everyone's talked about it, but... What a perfect time for a Tampa Bay versus Florida series. I mean, in the year that fans aren't allowed, you have a, a, a newborn rivalry in a state that is allowing fans. I think it's great to have the spotlight on Florida. It's great for the growth of hockey in Florida. And I'm really excited, and I'm hoping that there's another six games in this series because that game last night was insanely entertaining. This whole playoff so far has been insanely entertaining. I mean, three overtime games in the first three games was awesome. I do think the Vegas Golden Knights will figure it out and come out of that series against Minnesota. I am anticipating Vegas to meet Boston in the Stanley Cup Finals, but I am rooting for the Florida Panthers to win the Stanley Cup. That is a team I want to win, but I am now a Florida Panther bandwagoner, so I'll be rooting for the Panthers during this playoff run. I want to thank all you guys for tuning in. Once again, if you have any questions, please submit them to believeinrangers at gmail.com, B-L-E-A-V-I-N, rangers at gmail.com. I'd love to take any questions you guys have, talk about any topics you want to touch on. But have a great rest of the week. Enjoy the playoff hockey. I know I'm looking forward to watching the rest of these games, and I will talk to you guys next Monday. we got another great show coming. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 